Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're back in the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Our buddy Luke is at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. And uh, good to see you, Sander. Hadn't seen you in a while. Now, there's plenty of me to see, Bob, and a lot less to see of you as you've <laughs> dropped a little bit of weight in your uh, in your off season there so to yeah. speak good to it's, have you back thank you it's not a diet i recommend by the way but uh yeah and uh luke how are you my friend well Sanders said on that trip to la he said right in that plane he he felt and looked like a busted can of biscuits so i just wanted to, to put that in your mind try, bob trying to get squished into one of those i do have a request don't make me laugh too much okay kelly okay. Said, laughing is still not terribly terribly <laughs> okay gotcha Gotcha. Uh, we're going to talk Southern Miss soccer a little later in the show. What a great year it's been for uh, them. Kendall Mendich is the senior goalkeeper for the Golden Eagles. She's going to be on the show. Lee Roberts is going to join us uh, in the third segment. Talk about a couple of things here in the first segment. Guys, first thing I want to ask you is uh, I haven't been with the two of you together, but uh, your thoughts of the way football ended, I think, Kelly, on a very positive, upbeat note. Yeah, Luke, Luke kind of got on me, and I think fairly, yesterday, that I was kind of being a wet blanket, a Debbie Downer, uh, if you will. Because, I mean, they, the teams that they beat were not exactly stellar teams, but they were victories nonetheless. And I, I just like the fact that the guys themselves never quit. They did not fold their tent anywhere along the way. And, and a couple of teams, quite frankly, I think did fold their tent. I think La Tech did. I think FIU did, you know, about midway through the season when all the controversies and things uh, hit those teams. Charlotte did not play well down the stretch. UTEP was miserable, you know, coming to the, the final tape. So the fact that the Eagles never quit, they continued to work hard, that the coaching staff was willing to think outside the box to look, if you, if you keep on doing what you always did, you're going to keep on getting what you always got, and that's losses. So they went to this, you know, super back hybrid kind of thing that, that worked. And, um, you know, and of course you get some unrealistic people in the fan base who go, well, let's just do that all the time. Well, that's not ideally, you know, the way you run a football team. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. But I, it was, it was, a, it was a great way to end the season reminiscent of Munkin when they, when they beat UAB, you know, that, that last game of, of that season. So I just think it's full speed ahead. I'm excited about next year. And again, don't want to take anything away from, from our guys with the way the season ended. Luke, I've had several people ask me, uh, will Southern Miss make an early departure from Conference USA? Will we be playing in the Sun Belt when football rolls around next year? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, while you were you're out, we had someone from James Madison on, and the James Madison press conference, they actually asked the athletic director, you know, kind of the timeline, and James Madison, this was kind of, we didn't really realize it, huge at the moment but then like later in the show we came back to it because it was huge they said they wanted to be a full-fledged uh member of the sunbelt by july 1st of 2022 
And so James Madison was really the last of the four that we had talked to. Obviously, you know, Southern Miss people and then Marshall and then Old Dominion. And everybody else was like, God, July 1st, 2023. James Madison, simply because they have to have, uh, they could do all other sports except football. They got to basically sit out a year and be independent football. They can play, but they can't be like a full fledged member of, of the Sun Belt. So that was, uh, Kelly, you probably remember that day. Right. We, were, we circled back to that. We were like, wow, that, that's huge because if James Madison were to do that, Conference USA, um, that would help the Eagles. And the reason it would help the Eagles, I wonder if the, that, not the exit fee, but the, if you don't participate in Conference USA that second year, do you really owe them, you know, uh, anything or can they take something away from you where you would be, you know, having to, to be withheld $3.1 million? Uh, you could cut that in half and then you would get bowl revenue from the Sun Belt. So, I mean, if that would take place, that would be absolutely huge for uh, the Golden Eagles. One of, one of the questions that we've always been asked to a lot here lately is, well, who's writing the check for the exit fees of Conference USA? Who's stroking that check at Southern Miss? And And to be clear, nobody at Southern Miss is stroking that check. Instead of Southern Miss actually paying Conference USA an exit fee, the conference is merely withholding any proceeds that Southern Miss would get from TV contracts, bowl fees, you know, things like that. So so there's not a check being written from Southern Miss to the conference. The conference is simply keeping money that is owed to Southern Miss under other circumstances. And and to that point, if... Uh, you know, if you were to get in the Sun Belt next year, you'd only really lose you know, that one three point one would go to like one five five. You know, and so that would really, really help out in in a lot of ways. And you could just go ahead and get started within the Sun Belt. Other than schedules are already set, pretty much. You know, for next season, right. including mm-hmm. Southern Misses. But you know, stranger things have happened. Um, so we'll see. I know from a fan standpoint, uh, I, I I dare say that that most Southern Miss fans, it can't happen soon enough. Correct. Right. All right. Another subject. Four and a half minutes left in the segment. I'll, I'll, I'll go to you first, Luke. I enjoyed watching the basketball team in the Montana tournament. I thought they played very well. I think what happened uh, in the game against Montana was fatigue late in the game. They had played three games in a row. Montana, for some reason, had a forfeit and had only played one game. They were at home. But I thought up until the time the team appeared to be fatigued late in that game against Montana, Luke Johnson, they looked much improved to me. They did, and and we talked some yesterday to, uh, with Heath Hinton, and he's kind of the same thing. There was fatigue. They they led the entire game against Wilmington. I think Montana got the forfeit because I think Wilmington had to go home from sickness. I'm not sure if it was COVID or or what, but they had to exit the the tournament early. The the second game against San Diego, they really battled back, and then I think, like you said, you know, playing three days in a row. I mean, you just out of gas. Um, towards the end, but a lot of positives, um, and and that was a pretty cool place to go for Thanksgiving, and we uh, we confirmed it, uh, Bob. You know, with with Weatherspoon, he had never spent Thanksgiving in the state of Montana. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's a little far away from home. And right? when Spoon gets to Montana, that state gets a lot smaller. You know, Correct, right? <laughs> and, the bu- and the buffets don't last nearly yeah. nearly as long. He's a big dude, Kelly. Here's a big difference I see in the basketball team. There's some presence in the paint. There's some big guys that can play in the paint. Yeah, Isaiah Moore has made a, a big difference so far. And we've talked about him. If he can control that temper and just stay on highly competitive, nobody tougher on Isaiah Moore than Isaiah Moore. But if they can just uh, you know keep him in check a little bit and he matures a little more, just keeps that temper under wraps, man, he's going to be, he's gonna be uh, really good. And I don't think – I think as well as the Eagles played in Montana – 
Jay Ladner and his staff have been kind of moving some pieces around to see what might be their best five before they head into conference. And normally, you have to turn the calendar to the next year before you head into conference play. But with Southern Miss's schedule this year, you're actually playing conference games before we get into January. So time is of the of the essence for them to to find those magic five, if you will, that will work best together so that when the, the games that really count, the ones that come into conference play, uh, you'll have your best five out there. But the depth is going to help as far as getting into their legs, even if they do get a little bit tired. They've got guys to come off the bench where they did not have that last year. But it, it, lots of times it's not how good are you going to be, but how is everybody else in the league going to be? And from what I've seen of North Texas so far, the Mean Green's pretty doggone good. Uh, so I, I think and, and UAB is always going to be strong, you know, in the West. So the Eagles will have their work cut out for them, but they're clearly better, clearly better than they were last year. You're going to be at Bocoma Casino Thursday, I think, in I Sandersville, am. and Coach Ladner is going to join us on the phone. Perfect. Uh, he's a little under the weather. Normally we have basketball guys on Wednesday, but he's under the weather, and uh, and uh, he'll be on the show come Thursday. You you agree, yeah. Luke? This is an improved basketball team. I think so. I mean, it, yes, uh, you. You've got to you, – TCU, you, you couldn't make a basket to, to save your life. And it's going to be about if they can't score in the paint, how are they going to score? Because they haven't proved to be capable consistently shooting behind the three-point line. So that's going to be the test. Hey, guys, a little breaking news here within Conference USA. Kelly and I discussed this yesterday. Looks like Louisiana Tech will hire Texas Tech offensive coordinator Sonny Cumby. Uh, he is currently the interim uh, head coach of Texas Tech because they fired uh, their coach. But Sonny Cumby, who actually played at Texas Tech under Mike Leach and uh, spent a few years in professional football, he's currently the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Louisiana Tech will hire Texas Tech offensive coordinator Sonny Cumby to be their next football head coach. The poor Tech stuck in the dwindling conference USA. Yeah, you have to. You do kind of feel sorry for them, only just a little bit. Yeah, I, I personally, I'd like to have seen them come, uh, you know, with with everybody else to the Sun Belt. I thought that, Bob, until I've seen the way that that some of the rhetoric that the that fans mm-hmm. on La Tech have been putting out about Southern well, Miss and talking ugly about the Eagles when the fan bases don't have anything to do with it. Right. The most the most passed around video within Conference USA and especially within Southern Miss fans is the Louisiana Tech AD probably three or four years ago just uh, really lecturing Louisiana Lafayette how they needed to move up to a competitive league like Conference USA. Oh, how the tables have turned. No question. When we come back, we're going to talk about Southern Miss soccer with the senior goalkeeper and also Lee Roberts joining us later in the show. Stay with us. Eagle Hour continues from Hattiesburg and Laurel at the First Bank Studios on Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday. Happy to have you along either live with us on Super Talk 
Radio, or maybe you're catching this on a podcast later, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You can listen all over the world anytime on demand, and we appreciate uh, your support of Southern Miss Athletics and letting us bloviate about the Golden Eagles every single day. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and holidays coming up. Visit campusbookmark.net and order all of your family and friends Southern Miss swag. Soccer season wraps uh, up a historic season with uh, the Lady Eagles um, going to even more heights. We talked to senior defender Macy Pennington a few weeks ago. I wanted to bring another one of these spectacular seniors on. Kendall Mennick joins us now and uh, the goalkeeper of the Golden Eagles. And Kendall, thanks so much for your time today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Out of Melbourne Beach, Florida, and uh, you know, we we talk to former athletes and new places that pop up. I've heard of Melbourne Beach, but I'm not sure there's ever been any other Golden Eagles that have been there. And, and we always, our, our listeners, love to hear about how you got to Southern Miss. So, how did you get from Melbourne Beach to Hattiesburg? Um, it was definitely an interesting experience, but I had a previous coach that I knew he never coached me um, as a kid but he always wanted me to be on his team but it just didn't end up that way but he was um, a friend of the goalkeeper coach at the time that was um, here at Southern Miss and he texted me about the school and I looked it up and I started talking to the coaches and the rest is kind of history pretty pretty incredible and and uh let's let's kind of jump to the end and then kind of walk back through uh, your career you you're a graduate student this year so uh, all five years for the golden eagles um if we can try to put in perspective inside the locker room and, and on the pitch how huge this year was from a program how how huge it was how, how far the program has moved when you came in as a freshman to where you are now. Just It's hard to describe how historic this season was for the Lady Eagles. Oh, yeah, um, uh, definitely I agree. The, just having the amount of newcomers and freshmen that we had on this team this year, I think just having the historical season that we had and even uh, as well the assistant coaches we have had two that came on um, the program I think this is their second year, uh, and we just had such a great season with all these new faces, and I think it really just shows how much um, this coaching staff does such a great job with our girls coming in and the returners that are here and how much we care about the future of this program. And, I mean, five years ago, my freshman year, I would have never even pictured the the amount of success we've had in the past four years here. Um, it's just so great, and I'm just so thankful and honored to be a part of it and have such a great impact here. So how did that happen, Kendall? How, how did that success happen? I mean, it's just new girls that come in, and uh, Coach Mo and um, the coaching staff do such a great job of recruiting girls that have the heart and that want to work hard enough to make things happen. Um, we, we just aren't we don't want to do the the bare minimum. We want to go above and beyond when it comes to working hard and winning games and doing extra work um, off the field, um, in the weight room, in the classroom too. I mean, keeping up with our grades and school is is a thing in itself. Uh, it's definitely not easy being a student athlete and um, just just trying to be there for everybody on and off the field. I think having a team chemistry is really important, and I think. Um, 
we as a soccer program here do a really great job of making sure that we're all a huge family and that is a huge part in winning uh, soccer games. I know I can't imagine uh, stay, wanting to stay on top of my grades. No, you never did. Yeah. <laughs> no, it never entered your mind, actually. No, no, actually, I went to college. Yeah, soccer definitely gets distracting, but at the end of the day, you're there to get the, the degree, so I, I wanna, just the part to it. Kendall, I want to ask you about your position. When you're a little kid, nobody, at least when I played soccer as a kid, nobody ever wanted to play goaltender because they'd go, there's no action. You know, I just stand around most of the game. Did, were you always? Yeah. Did you? Were you always a goaltender, or how did you um, get to come to that position? I actually was not um, always a goalkeeper, even though I did. I did start at a younger age, but I was kind of doing both on the field, like a uh, field player and goalkeeper. Um, in my first few years of competitive soccer, um, we usually had two goalkeepers, so we would split um, halves with one another, and. Um, Honestly, I, people tell me all the time when I tell them I was a goalkeeper, they're like, oh, I tried that when I was a kid because I had to and I hated it. And it's always some negative comment that comes with it. And I think goalkeeper is, it's the hardest, and it, but it's the best position on the field. I mean, I, I can only remember one part of my career when I was younger when I realized that I was going to be a goalkeeper. Um, and all I remember is just, getting thrown in there and diving around trying to save a ball and I liked it so I don't, I don't know yeah and, and but the, it's definitely come full circle and but I was a decent field player too I just got put wherever they needed me and I mean I scored I scored a few goals too so and, and before but, before I send it back to Luke I do want to apologize to you I, I have more of a keeper yeah, yeah I have more of a hockey background so right. when I said goaltender and I knew better that it is goal so Kendall, oh, no problem. Kendall before we throw it back to Luke I want to ask you this question we've had a number of you guys on the show and uh I, when y'all talk about coach Mo I, I just detect a real relationship between uh, the players on the team and this coach. What what did he mean to you, and how does he relate? Uh, it appears so effectively with players. Uh, I mean, Coach Coach Mel. I, I told him at our we had like end of the year meetings, and he he's given me uh, the best gift that I could possibly ever get, other than the Lord giving me the being able to live every day. I mean, I did not think I would have such a great impact here and just getting the friends and family that I've met here. Um, I mean, he, he's given me so much and has helped me in so many ways off the field and even, not even just me, every, every single person you call him, he'll, if he doesn't answer, he'll call you right back whenever he needs to. And um, he, he, he will literally do anything for any person on this team. And I mean, close friends, anybody, I mean, he's just so selfless and, he truly wants the best for every single person that's in his life. And um, we're, I mean, we're definitely close friends and he'll always be one of my favorite best coaches. And I've learned so much from him and I know um, he's learned a lot from me too. Um, so he's, I mean, I, I can't say more great things about him. You know, that's, really the way, that's the way Luke talks about you and I, Kelly. I understand when people ask him. You know, um, just what, to, so we don't, that we won't Kendall's call him back? Point, to prove Kendall's <laughs> point, I didn't get a blasted text from y'all on Thanksgiving, but at 1.34 p.m., Coach Mo sent me a happy Thanksgiving text, okay? Wow. That's all, wow. that's all How about that, that describes him absolutely perfect. He, yeah, he's, he's truly so great. I texted him on Thanksgiving, too. I mean, he's always asking how my family is, and 
I'll say another thing, too, is uh, my dad passed away in 2019 from Alzheimer's. And um, he, like, the next two years after that, we would have, like, an Alzheimer's game. He even got, like, purple jer- like a purple jersey for me and everything because that's, like, the Alzheimer's color. And um, he just, he, he knows I'm a big family person, and so is he. So he was, I mean, that just meant a lot that he was able to do that for me. Absolutely. That, that's incredible. All right, a couple more minutes yeah. uh, with with you, Kendall. Um, let's let's talk specifically about September twenty fourth of this year. Thirteen saves to preserve a, a zero to zero tie. It was a career um, day for you in the goal. That was a special moment this year. Beating Charlotte on the road, beating Rice uh, for the first time in program history. I mean, which which one of those three? I mean, I guess all three of them at the top. But man, what special days this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they all have different, um, I mean, just different feelings for me. Charlotte, beating Charlotte on the road, that first conference game was huge, I think, just to set momentum for the rest of the conference season. Um, I know in the spring, our first conference game against uh, UAB, we we did not do so great, and we kind of had to play catch-up in that moment just to, we, had, we needed to win games. I mean, it, that's, that's the point, just win as much games as possible. Um, so I just think it was so great that we were able to set the standard from, from the get-go. Um, and UNT making 13 saves, I mean, it, it, was, it was a thriller of a game. I mean, it, it was so fun. That's, those are the games I, I wish to have all the time. Um, and like you said earlier, that goalkeepers don't really get that much action. They just stand there. And I can tell you right now, I wasn't just standing there. <laughs> and, but, you, you know, um, when, it comes to marquee, was, when it comes to marquee wins, though, that Rice game, holy cow, that, that puts you guys yeah. on the map, I think. Yeah, it, uh, definitely beating Rice was a little bit of like a, a sweet revenge for some of us that are returners from um, losing to them in the semifinal of uh, last year's uh, COVID season. Um, so that was definitely a, a sweet moment for us, for sure. And uh, thankfully, Alana was able to put that PK in the back of the net for us. And um, definitely a good celebration afterwards, too. Absolutely. Kendall, uh, the Kendall Mennick, the all-time single-season individual shutouts leader, Southern Miss history, the all-time single-season individual wins leader, Southern Miss history this year finishes second. Uh, in the conference and saves per game, third in overall saves, second in save percentage. Well done, young lady. We Thank appreciate you. everything you've contributed to uh, to Golden Eagle Soccer. Thanks for your time today on the Eagle Hour. Thank you, and thank you for supporting Southern Miss Soccer and Athletics. We really appreciate it. All right. Awesome. There we go. Right, real quick, uh, Cassandra, you're an old-time play-by-play guy. Your play-by-play of Luke Johnson scoring a winning goal in soccer. Mm, I really have to think about that one because oh, that's how often it how, happens. How often does how often is Kelly Sander speechless? Man, oh man! Well, how often does it happen where Luke kicks the winning goal? Uh, it happened quite a lot in my young career. <laughs> we'll be back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great talking with Kendall Mennick, the all-conference goalkeeper for the Lady Eagle soccer team. Historic year for them and appreciate everything she's done as with the other seniors for Southern Miss soccer. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today and every day by 4th Street. 
895 lunch. Uh, you could have gone and watched Bob's Washington football team win last night. Hail to the football team. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk more in the fourth segment. Let him give him a chance uh, to brag on them. But anyway, Fourth Street always something going on. Uh, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Lee Roberts joins us as he does every Monday or Tuesday in uh, in football season. And uh, Lee, super back. Uh, you. Gets another win. Golden Eagles uh, pulled away. And, and I guess to, to start with, this was last two games we saw them finally be able to go up and get over the hurdle of what's what's going to happen bad that takes this game away from us, what's going to you know stop our momentum. But it seems as this against Louisiana Tech and against FIU, Eagles were able to get over that hurdle and say, okay, we're going to put this game away and we're going to win. You know, they were. And then, and really, if you take kind of a, a, a step back to the UTSA game, I mean, when we first implemented this, you know, new offense, if you will, you know, if Frank Gore doesn't get hurt, then, hey, who knows what, what could happen there. We saw UTSA fall this past weekend as well. So, you know, it's 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 just exciting. I mean, as bad as a year it's been, as, as rough as it's been, as disappointing in, in many ways for them to finish on such a positive note, both winning on the road at uh, Louisiana Tech, and then at home on Senior Day, you know, against FIU, really send those seniors out, and uh, it, it was just really exciting. And again, you guys know it; you you guys see it each week. I mean, this is a team they don't they don't quit. Um, you know, those that have quit have moved on, but the guys that show up on the field, you know, they show up every day for practice. They show up every day for um, you know film and to to get out there on Saturdays and to play. Yeah, they give it their all. So super proud the way. You know this uh, this offense, this team has, has really come together, and and really it's just kind of the beginning of what you know we hope will be a great era of Southern Miss football with Will Hall. Yeah, absolutely. So so after the game, he he made it clear Superback would be you know part of the offense, but it's not obviously going to be the offense. He was specifically asked if Frank Gore Jr. was going to play quarterback. He laughed it off and he said, "Quote: No, he he's not in the mix. He'll play some quarterback, but we have a." Singular, a young man named Ty Keys who's really good at quarterback, and we've got the number one quarterback recruit in the state of Mississippi coming in. Just that's uh, Zach Wilkie from uh, from Hernando, six three one ninety, and he said uh, we've plus we may add a transfer. So no mention, you know, of of Trey Lowe. Um, not sure, you know, what's going to happen with with his future, but it seems as if you know Ty Keys uh, will be the man. Um, or at least in Will Hall, and again, I don't want to make too much out of that in a post game presser, but it just seems as if you know Superback will be a part of the offense, but we're going to play with a quarterback going forward, and it looks like it may be Tykees. Yeah, and and that's Superback. I mean, it's been something that he's he's done for a long time, and you know, and and we did it a little earlier in the year uh, with Chandler Pittman until he went down, and then I think it just it took weeks to try to figure out, hey, you know, what can we try to do offensively? Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think Tykees is the future. Um, you know, of this program, you know, what, whatever happens with the signees, the, the guys that have committed a transfer, what have you, you know, but obviously Will Hall will tell you, and he said it from the get-go, he builds his offense around the quarterback, and, you know, that's what uh, he will continue to do. And, you know, and Ty Keys has kind of been his guy for a while. I mean, obviously he was a, a committed Tulane when he was there, and he commits, comes to Southern Miss, and, you know, we've, we've watched him play at Taylorsville. We've watched him play a little bit here at Southern Miss, and, you know, you didn't do the things that he did and be so successful if you weren't any good. He just, uh, you know, had to get thrown in the mix a, a little earlier than you would have wanted, uh, and then obviously to fight through an injury. But, 
you know, Will, Will Hall has been, I mean, he's obviously works with all his quarterbacks, but, you know, he, he brings these guys in and continues to try to develop them, even though when they're, they can't get on the football field. So, I mean, trying to do everything he can to uh, move this team in the right direction. Again, I'm, I'm excited the direction of this team. Again, just wish uh, you know, the outcome would have been a little better. Obviously, you know, every time you line up, you start the year, your goal is to make a bowl. And uh, just for one, it gives you that extra game, that extra practice, and it just it didn't happen this year. But, hey, regroup, and uh, we'll start in January. And I'll get you to comment on this too, Lee, because I think the significance of the way the Eagles ended the season, yeah, it was two Ws, but by then it was too little too late as far as the bowls go. But you win those two games at the end of the year. And I'll tell you who's really breathing a sigh of relief is the marketing department at Southern Miss. It makes it makes that department's job a little bit easier in the offseason to sell tickets and do whatever for next year, seeing the way that they ended the year. Conversely, how would you like to be in the marketing department at La Tech or UTEP, for example, where they had horrible second halves of the season? you know, to try to sell season tickets there. So not only the W's, Lee, but the timing of the W's and the momentum in the offseason. You've seen how that works. Can you put into words what, what, what it means by the way that the Eagles ended the season? No, I mean, I, I think you kind of, you know, brought up a, a very good point. You know, obviously, if your football team's not doing well and you finish the year not doing well, then, you know, things start to spiral downhill and, you know, in the off season. And then that, that affects your contributions in the, you know, the spring and the summer and then the fall, you know, you start to lose, you know, season ticket holders and all that. So yeah, with us finishing as strong as we did, hopefully people will uh, use this phrase, jump on board because you know, that's what coach Hall wants you to do. He wants you to jump on board and hang on because he feels like that, you know, it's, it's just beginning. And uh, yeah, it, it does put it, you know, makes makes it a little easier, obviously, for for marketing and uh, and ticket sales for sure. So I asked Coach Will Hall after the game the other day. I kind of made a comment. I said, Coach, it's not always how you start, but how you finish. And right. He said, he said, Yeah, but we want to start well too. So uh, you know, a typical Coach Hall answer. But when but they yeah, so, but when they start next year, Lee, is, isn't it fair to say? And I know the super back thing worked, and and they won a couple of games. But you want an established quarterback. You want you want Gore in your backfield. I mean, you want your running backs playing running back, and you want a quarterback going into the year, right? No, I, I agree. I mean, you, you want to have somebody that is competing um, starting in January, and at the end of spring camp, hopefully you can name um, the starter. And then obviously you go into fall camp. You go into the summer and the fall camp with, you know, your guy that you're building your offense around, and everybody starts to believe in him and, um, and the system. And, yeah, you put Frank Gore back at running back, and, you continue to utilize maybe Demarcus Jones in a in a wildcat and Chandler Pittman in a wildcat or superback type role. But yeah, I mean we're going to have a quarterback. We're going to have an established running back, and then we'll utilize the superback as well. Because I'm, I'm going to guess you will agree that the most important player on the team, Lee Roberts, is the quarterback. It is. I mean he, he's your leader, and you know, and and that's the way, and that's why this team you know, didn't win like we wanted them to this year is just because what happened at that position. You know, you know, you can say defenses win championships and if we'd had any kind of offense throughout the year, you know, we would have been competing hopefully for some type of a championship or even to get into a bowl. But, you know, our defense played well enough all year long to win a lot of games. We just struggled offensively and again Coach Hall takes the takes the blame for that. But Again, his creativity and um, you know leadership with Frank Gore and others to step up and to play those different roles to you know put themselves out there as 
as what they did to make this team successful. Right. But yeah, obviously going forward, we will use a quarterback. And and, you're, and the quarterback's going to have to start out well because next year you got Ted DiBiase. Excuse me, the other million dollar man, uh, Hugh Freeze. <laughs> coming in yeah. with Liberty all right, in game one. Then you go down to the U at Miami in week two. So you're Yikes. not – Is that yeah. right? Is that right? That's Liberty, how they – Liberty and Miami are the first two games? Yeah, so that's – you know, now the demons of Northwestern State come in here in, in week three, which, uh, you know, a Southland opponent, that, that's a little bit better, but that's pretty deep water those first two games next year. Yeah. It is, and then I think of the fourth – game of the year or right in that mix is Tulane too so right um, that's the fourth some, game some right. some really good non, non-conference games yes you got to start you've got to start well next year because this is a team that you know they, they know how to finish but they they need to figure out how to start a season too and, and on behalf of our other co-host Lee I'm sure you would agree that after the quarterback the most important player on the team is the punter yeah yeah absolutely yeah, okay <laughs> absolutely <laughs> make sure Luke Luke heard that depends on who you ask but yeah <laughs> Luke, let's ask you, Luke. <laughs> it's uh, it's officially Giving Tuesday, so you're giving all the sarcasm you can. Ha- you all of y'all, Luke. Luke, I think you've mentioned in a in a previous segment that the you know the punter obviously you know is one of the most important because every time he's in the game, he's getting his hands on the football, right? Correct. It's exactly right. And if I played, I was the one position nobody wanted to see play. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. MVP um, of the uh, Liberty Bowl, no, I might throw in there. And, and Luke, I might say the sarcasm simply to both you and Lee is because Bob and I are are green with envy the fact that you and and Correct. Lee Roberts get to handle some of these state high school play by play and color festivities right. this Luke, weekend. You do have an MVP trophy, do you not? A bowl MVP trophy. Okay, let me stick it back to all y'all. Lee, do you have a Liberty Bowl MVP trophy? Not Liberty Bowl, but I have. There we go. There we go. <laughs> hey, Lee, uh, we want to say thank you for uh, being with us all year long. You're very gracious about giving us your time. Bring a lot of insight into the football program. And uh, e- even though you're not on every week uh, throughout the year, you're always welcome here on the Eagle Hour, my friend. I appreciate it. appreciate what you guys do. And, again, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, if we don't before August, look forward to talking to you guys then. We'll talk before then. Lee Roberts, everybody. I want to thank him for all he does for the Eagle Hour. We'll be back. Wrap things up. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Tuesday. Every day brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. The place to go in the Pine Belt for training and softball and baseball instruction. DBAT on the left. D1 Training on the right. Home of the Luke Johnson 5240 that Kelly Sander did do the play-by-play for. Yes. DBAT. D1 Training, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Kelly, Luke, and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, tomorrow, Eagle Hour on the road, we will be at Experience a Columbia Columbia Christmas in downtown. 
Columbia, Mississippi, all kinds of stuff. I've been scouting it out. Lauren and I are going to go down there one night. But ice skating, they got ice bumper cars, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Bob Getty, we will be down to uh, right. in Columbia tomorrow, the home of Walter Payton. Fantastic light show at the top of every hour after dark in Columbia, a synchronized Christmas light show that goes down the, the main street of Columbia Great sales all in Columbia, and uh, Supertalk going to be there all day tomorrow. And you guys, just for you, it hasn't happened in a long time, but just for you, I'm going to put on the old figure skates again and, and show you some of my... Is, my, my, it, is it your Dorothy Hamill suit? That I'm you... going to do a couple double axles for you and a, right. and a Hamill camel for you. The ice, the ice will go. crack. The ice will crack when you get on it, and the ice will crack when it sees that you're about to get on it. So uh, we want to show pity to the ice. Hey, over 250,000 people from 50 states came through and Kelly last year, and Kelly, we want them to be able to enjoy uh, the Columbia Christmas. Hey, we will be having on the show tomorrow Columbia head coach uh, Chip Builder back. They're playing for the state championship this week and of course he's been on the show before Kelly great dude his wife uh, Missy coaches at, at Jones College women's basketball and really cool to see him be able to play for it all this weekend yeah and his father-in-law Missy's father is Perry Wheat who if he's not in the high school hall of fame in Mississippi he should be uh, longtime coach at McGee Forest County AHS and most recently Purvis before he retired so they talk a little football in that household. Yeah, and they've got a great new facility down there. Oh, yeah. Dedicated really to Walter Payton's memory, and the NFL pitched in a bunch of bucks. They've got quite the facility, don't they, Kelly? It's rolling right now, and, and what a perfect time for them to be able to play we'll, for State. Uh, we'll be talking to Dr. Jason Harris, also as the superintendent of the Columbia School District, so we'll be live from Columbia uh, uh, tomorrow. All right, Bob, your opportunity with everyone around the country listening, to be able to talk about your football team. Because we really, really, really bragged on the Bengals yesterday for now uh, being the official father of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. Who's your daddy? But now, Washington back in the playoff hunt. Your boy from Old Dominion. And, uh, man, what a crazy finish it was, but but good for the Washington football team. It was a great game last night. You know, that's three games in a row that they've taken the football – with nine or ten minutes left, and pretty much dominated the fourth quarter on an extended drive. They did that last night and scored what appeared to be a touchdown uh, with two minutes left, and they overruled it. It just seemed like forever that they looked at video. I wish, number one, they would kind of stop that. But Taylor Heineke is quite a story. Kid played at Old Dominion. Uh, He's been hanging around the NFL for six years now, getting his chance to start. You know, Kelly Center, here's the difference in, in Washington, and I think it applies generally to football. They have vastly improved the talent and depth of their offensive line, and they found somebody that can play quarterback. And if you don't have those two things, the Bengals, that's what the Bengals have now. They have a quarterback. <clears throat> they have an offensive line protecting him and run blocking. It makes all the difference in the world. That's, that's where it starts and ends. And the question you have to ask yourself is, and is Heineke a guy that can, can, can go you know, beyond? Is, does he, is he an elite quarterback? You know, is well, what, he, is what he's I'm got an say. opportunity to show that now yes. if he can do it. Yeah. And, and quietly, I think what most NFL fans have said this year, and I agree, is that like never before that I remember? This thing is wide open. Oh yeah! You thought the Rams were going to the Rams and the Saints were going to steamroll people in the NFC? Well, the Rams have lost three in a row. The Saints can't score any points. You know, the Steelers are getting 
they've got a drug problem. They're getting drug up and down the field, which that, that doesn't happen very often. You got teams just not expecting to be very good. The Buffalo Bills are back up there. The Chiefs have lost some games they weren't expected. So this thing is, is wide open, but quietly, very quietly, the emperor in the AFC East. He's, he's, he's like the beast sitting up on top of the mountain he's, waiting to pounce. He is equipping his fully equipped battle station in New England. So The Patriots. Yeah, that's, that's Longest right. winning streak in the NFL right now, the Patriots. And so don't be surprised. if, And it'll be my luck. The Bengals will get to the AFC Championship game and play. Have to go to New England and <laughs> yes. play the Patriots. Right. <laughs> That's right. Right. Uh, but it's good to see a Conference USA kid doing well yes. on the big stage. And you're right. He's still got to prove that he can do that long term. But right now, it's a, it's, a, it's a bright spot for Conference USA and certainly a bright spot for this kid. And the Saints this Thursday, they got a big one coming up against uh, the Cowboys, who, you know, got beat on Thanksgiving Day against the Raiders. Right. Um, so the Saints got to score some points, man. Taysom Hill. Taysom's back. Taysom Hill. Back He's for the back. Saints. All right. We're all in Columbia tomorrow afternoon. We look forward to that. That's going to be a great, great event. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 1 o'clock from Columbia. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Mississippi Media Production.